Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. I had some problems this week. I'll tell you my problems. Maybe it'll be therapeutic for me. Um, we're working on this book called The Shadow Effect, and if you were here last week, you know I assigned you some homework, and it wasn't the easiest homework on the planet. It was literally to take a, a pen and pencil and write down some of the shadow thoughts, some of the negative thinking, some of the judgments, some of the um, inappropriate ways of being and thinking that are within all of us. It was, in fact, to try to catch ourselves out in a way in some of the shadow effect thoughts that are happening in, in our own lives. Well, um, I had planned on purpose to save writing my talk for later in the week because I thought, well, I'm going to do the homework too and see where, see where we go, and that'll probably be part of my, uh, my talk for today. And then Wednesday happened. And I got to tell you, if ever there was a group shadow effect, it's got to be racism. Do you know what I mean? It's that judging someone else by the color of their skin. It's that, it's that um, ability that we humans have to discriminate uh, against one another when we don't even know who they are. And of course, as the tragedy in um, South Carolina was playing out, um, I was ashamed, I'll put it that way. I felt more than anything else, there was a little bit of anger and a lot of sadness, but I felt shamed in a way. I mean, I'm a child of the 60s, and we took care of the laws 60 years ago, right? We took care of the business end of thing during the civil rights moment, and there were so many heroes in my life at that time that really stood for equality and made sure that there wouldn't be discrimination in that legal sense anymore. And, and, and then I, I think what happened was somehow we thought business had been taken care of, but obviously quite the reverse. I want to read something from Dr. Ken Gordon, the current spiritual leader of Centers for Spiritual Living. Um, this was something that he put out, um, I think the day before yesterday, with regards to the, the shootings at the AME Church in Charleston. Uh, so let me just read this. He says, the horrific shootings at the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina on Wednesday is yet another example of the plague of violence and racism that seems to have no end in our society. We may never know what caused that particular young man to hate so virulently those whom he did not even know personally and even to take their lives in their own house of worship. But we can know that he has been influenced by the culture of racism, hate, of guns and violence that surrounds all of us here in the United States. It is in almost every movie and television show, on the lips of politicians, television, and internet pundits. We, we cannot heal what we refuse to acknowledge. Ours is a violent culture. In so many ways, we are becoming aware that a large portion of the targets of violence are people of color, our African-American brothers and sisters. To turn away from racism hidden in our collective psyche, in our social constructs and institutions, is simply to turn a blind eye on our own fellow humans. 
And so I did something that was very painful for me. I decided that my list, my introspection this week was going to be looking for racism in my own heart and in my own mind. As I mentioned last week, in order to see something on the outside and to have it be an effect on you, it's foolish to not think that it resides inwardly as well. And so I did a tough examination, and initially I thought, well, of course I've never discriminated against anyone of color. I've never particularly been in an opportunity like to hire people or things like that, but, but certainly that isn't something that I have participated in. And I gotta tell you, it's just not the truth. It is simply not the truth. My big eye-opener, I think, was getting the definition of racism out of the dictionary. It's a simple one. It's having or showing the belief that a particular race is superior to another. Well, now, I don't have that particular belief. And so initially I thought, okay, all right, this makes sense to me. But I so participate in the systems of our government and ways of life that support it to say that somehow I am not participating in it or not involved in it is naivete at its worst. I was trying to explain to a friend earlier in the week and she was saying, well, well, we're not racist. The laws take care of all that. People, there's equal opportunity hiring and you know, you may see occasionally individuals who who have something within them that is out picturing as racism, but uh, but as a culture, you know, we eliminated that. And I and I said, well, uh, first of all, I got to explain something to you. Let's go about this another way to say that uh, to say that America doesn't favor um, its white inhabitants is like saying that we're not a Christian country. And she kind of looked at me. And I said, you know, we passed laws a long time ago to allow everyone in America to express and enjoy their own faith, whether it be Jewish or Christian or whether they, you know, uh, uh, belong to an Islamic faith or, or whatever it is, right? And I said, but what happens around here during December? It's Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. The legal holidays favor the Christians, right? It's like to say that we're not a Christian country favoring the Christian faith is crazy. And the same thing, my friends, is true about racism in America. When you look at the statistics, there are somewhere between 28 and 32% of Americans that are white males, such as myself. Guess what the percentage of white males is in terms of CEO of companies? Guess what the proportion of white males is in our Senate and our House of Representatives? Guess what the percentage of, of white males is in almost every form of, of power in the country right now? It's close to 90%. Now, one of the things that we, we teach in the science of mind is that like attracts like. We teach it as the, the law of attraction. And so is there any wonder that it's actually systemic, that we now have a system in America that perhaps not on purpose and perhaps not purposefully 
you know, you and I doing it as though it were on purpose. Nonetheless, the system is there to make sure those offices and those positions are filled with people like the ones that already have those offices. There is simply a white preference in America and a white male preference too. Those of you who are women in the audience today know that it's not just about color, that discrimination isn't just a black or white issue. In our discussion of the shadow effect, one of the ways that we talked about how we make peace with those warring pieces of ourselves, those pieces of ourselves that stoop to judgment, that, that have those arguments about treating other people as though they are less than or, or, or different than, those pieces of ourselves that need healing, the way we make peace with them, as you remember last week, was first to illuminate them, and then second, to begin the unifying, the, the peacemaking pieces of it. And so this was my process this week around this issue of ra racism. And it was very painful because I had to recognize how I am favored as a white male on this planet. That there are any number of people who lost jobs that I could have mine. That there were any number of black Americans that are not in a position of getting loans for the houses that I have. That are not in position of, of being treated fairly in ways that I take entirely for granted. The illumination this week was painful for me. And if any of you don't believe that there is a white bias, that, that white people are not just in general treated better than their, their, their black and, and, and other neighbors of color, uh, just Google it. Just, just read about it. You will, be, you will be stunned at the areas in which white Americans are treated almost uniformly better than our neighbors and friends of color. So to illuminate it today, I would simply like to apologize for my part in it. I don't know that there's too much to be done in a way. Reverend Dr. Ken Gordon says, of course, prayer is appropriate. But I think on an internal level, on a personal level, it's also time for me to acknowledge that that exists in my life and in my own heart and in my own mind. I take ownership for it, that piece of myself that allows that, that has allowed that to happen, where I could have dug in and, and found out about what's going on more, where I could have tried to make sure that I was favoring companies and my buying habits that really are equal opportunity employers or that have affirmative action programs. See, it's within our power to actually change this through how we spend our money, how we interact with companies, how we stand up for inadequacies that, that we see. When we actually, of course, see discrimination, we can stand up and do something about it. And I apologize for my lifelong inaction. There have been times when, when I have stood up for it, and other times when it just, boom, right over the top of my head through unawareness and unattention, and I am not going to stand for it in myself anymore. And so first of all, I, I apologize. I know that I participated in this system that favors one race over another. I acknowledge that through ignorance and haste, I have allowed this to continue. And I apologize to any people of color that have been, been hurt or harmed in, through my participation.
So the next piece of this then, how do I make peace with this? Peace to the world, peace in my own heart. Well, peace to the world maybe is the easy part. Um, our diversity committee here at the church is gonna be sponsoring uh, something in, in the next couple of months where we'll actually have a chance to talk about this openly. And in fact, talking about it openly is something else that I, I, I wanna mention, perhaps in an uncomfortable way. Aren't we used to not talking about it? You see, I think those of us in particular that have been around since the 60s just hoped and prayed and swore that we took care of it. And when we would see little aspects of a racial inequality or, um, or, or, or race hatred out in the world, it was convenient for us to, to look the other way and in particular not talk about it. Sometimes fearful that we would use the wrong words, sometimes fearful that we would uh, challenge one another in ways that would be unpleasant before they could get pleasant again. Uh, but I think we, what's going on right now in America is what we talked about last week. We're going to keep the shameful things hidden. We're going to keep those pieces of ourselves and those ways of being and the things that we observe. We're just going to pretend they don't exist and keep them hidden and not talk about them because we're ashamed of them. That feeds the shadow effect. That feeds the, the kind of things that we're seeing in the world. When, when the suppressed feelings can no longer remain suppressed, they, they come out in violent and horrible ways. The, the solution isn't passing more laws. The solution is providing a, a place of discussion, a, a, a place of talking about racism and what we as a collective humanity or at least collective Americans can do about it. And on the outside, there may be things to do. There may be our diversity team here at the church that's going to get more involved and present a program for those of you who would wish to, to participate in it. You know, we're, we're, we're joining with the, the North and Northeast Business Association to collaborate on the MLK run this year. We're doing some things on the outside, but those of you who have been in Science of Mind more than 10 minutes <laughs> know that the true work is here. The, two work, the true work is the disenfranchisement that exists in our own heart, in our own being. The ability to have judgment on other people who look different than us. This isn't something that, um, how do I want to say it? It's something that we have to start here with. Passing another law or, or some kind of a training program is a nice thing to do, and it may get us thinking up here, but racism and what needs to change is here. It's in our hearts. And so how do we make peace with those pieces of ourselves that are divided? How, how can a young man in, in South Carolina possibly come to a place of peace in his own heart or, or not this, that, that prompted this shooting? It's beyond my imagination in some ways, and, and I, I spent a couple tearful days thinking about what could be going on in that young man that could create this problem. And yet, is it not in us in subtler forms? 
the desires to be on top, the desires to have our own way of life, the desires to promote our own way of being and be with people who look like us, that, that idea of the law of attraction that we talked about a few months ago that means birds of a feather flock together. But the trouble, the trouble with that, friends, is the birds in their different flocks like to talk about each other. The birds in their, their own ways of, begin, of being begin saying, those flamingos are just too darn pink. It's upsetting. <laughs> and when we as a society begin orchestrating things to, to suit one group of people or, or build a mechanism that we have right now of politics and job hiring and the whole nine yards that favors one set of birds, the white ones, we're in big trouble it is our own hearts that need to be mended and more illumination put on this issue so that each of us, each of us can see diversity for what it is. Not differences, but the, the beauty of variety. I'm going to close today, of course, with a prayer, but I'm also going to assign a little bit more homework. If you're willing... Because I think one of the main shadows, one of the, the main forms of awkwardness and division within ourselves is hinged on the principle of judgment. Judging that other people, based on whatever criteria you might use, are not as good as you are. And so if you're willing, I would like you to narrow your focus this week and, and really shine a light on areas in your life where you find yourself judging other people. Judging other people as not smart enough. Judging other people as not good enough. Judging other people as not providing enough or being a good father or, or, or being enough of a realist. Judging other people on whatever criteria you might do and recognize that this judgment is because you have already judged yourself is not enough. You are trying to set up in your own heart yourself bolstered up a little bit through the process of judging someone else down a little bit. This is the shadow at work. This is the shadow that would like to move our own fears, our own anxieties, our own inadequacies and put them out onto other people so that we don't have to look at them and we don't have to make peace with them. So this week, the homework is a little bit tougher yet. If any of you want to give me or one of the practitioners a call this week, if it becomes uncomfortable, we're here for you. But I would like you, and I think this is the only way as a society that we can actually stop something like racism, is by going deep within our own hearts and seeing where we judge other people and make peace with our own division. What is it in me that finds the need to judge someone else? What is it in me that thinks I'm turning my power over to another group of people so that I'm the victim and I need to lash out? Each of us has the power of directing our own lives. No one else can take it away from us. No one else can, can ruin it other than our own selves. When we begin putting the blame on other people, when we begin judging other people and groups of people, it's such a cry for inner peace. It's such a cry for seeing those seeds of division in our own hearts and illuminating them and making peace with them. 
So from Debbie Ford's section of this lovely book called The Shadow Effect, she closes it with something that I think works beautifully for closing my talk today. She says, as we embrace our shadow, we find out that we are living a divine plan, a plan so important, so vital to our own evolution as well as for the evolution of humankind. Like the lotus flower that is born out of the mud, we must honor the darkest parts of ourselves, the most painful of our life's experiences, because they are what allow us to move forward. They are what allows us to birth our most beautiful selves. We need that messy, muddy past, the muck of our human life, the disparity of our human situation, the combination of every hurt, wound, loss, and unfulfilled desire, blended, yes, blended, with every joy, every success, and every blessing to give us the wisdom, the perspective, and the drive to step into our true magnificence. This, this is the gift of the shadow. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one peace. I know it means me. I know that, that the shame and pain that I have felt this week is a real part of myself. And I illuminate it, I embrace it, and I move through it. This is the, the whole me, not the, the goody-good me. This is the whole me, full of flaws, full of trouble, and full of such joy and intention. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room, that each person here is made in the image of God, each of us, and whole. Trouble and all, warts and all, thoughts and all, each of us, part of the divine. And so as we each shine a light on some of that trouble, some of those, um, some of those troubling thoughts and ways of being, when we shine a light on something like racism, it can no longer exist. We have the power to change this planet. We have the power to look within to our own hearts and change ourselves. And I am simply grateful for this awareness. I'm grateful for God showing up as the face of every single person in this room. And in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. So glad you came to be with us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. 
Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.